Welcome to Rainbow Soul Vodcast, where our soul astrology comes forward to help you manage your everyday life with forecasts and deep dives on natal charts and queer perspectives on the planets, transits, and more. A group discussion about upcoming transits with tips on how to read these transits in your own chart. Hollis offers years of wisdom and natal chart knowledge with Brighthawk's positive perspective and Lacrosse's inquiry. We offer the complete queer astrology experience. Welcome to Rainbow Soul. Please help us by subscribing, sharing, and commenting and reviewing. You can also learn where else Rainbow Soul is offered on our website at rainbowsoul.show. Welcome, welcome to Rainbow Soul, Soul Astrology, Astrology Forecast. I'm glad you're here, glad you're tuning in. And um, wow, I'm just grateful for you. I'm grateful for you listening. I'm Hollis Taylor, and I'm one of the astrologers here. Um, And you know, you can learn more about me, get private readings and things like that at divineandrogen.com. If you want to know how to spell that, it's in the description, okay? And Hollis does great readings. Gotta say, really, it's very worth your while to check out a reading with Hollis. I'm Brighthawk. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you can learn more about me at brighthawkproductions.com. I'm a musician. I'm the author of The Dancing Hippo. And uh, grateful to be here. And, and? Uh, hi, I'm LaCrosse Ortiz. I am. Jack of all trades, master of none. I like to learn. Um, I have my book, The Fool's Journey Color Journal. Uh, it's a series. We I'm finishing up the fifth part, but it basically is a color journal. You learn the tarot through it, and we have keywords that help you to start learning. And you can color, and you can journal, and you can make it fun. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Woohoo! Great. Oh, and the link is in the description. Yeah, the, all all of our links are always in the description, my friends. Um, just because we know that if you if you wanted to have access, if you're trying to learn the tarot, I absolutely recommend the coloring book because that's just a great way. And you know, I'm teaching people how to do divination all the time. That's one of the things that I do. I'm happily to do. I'm a spiritual mentor. And that's one of the things that I recommend all the time to people is that they get that book and help themselves that way. Because I think it's, I think, I think coloring has like a meditative um, state. And then if you just, you know, and then take a little journal afterwards and tarot is, you know, it's not written in stone. It's very intuitive. I mean, there's some keywords to kind of guide you, but it's mostly about the symbology and the images. And I don't think it matters what deck you're reading. But if you learn the rider way, you'll be able to read any deck. That's how it works. <laughs> All right. Well, um, today we'll do a little meditation. So I invite you to take a moment to take a deep breath. Just ground with us here and now. Take this moment. ground, your bottom in the seat, your back up against the chair, and I invite you to just ground and feel your body all over, 
just allow it to relax for a moment. Take this moment to follow the hand-pan music and allow yourself to take a little walk under the night sky. Have a little vision with me for a moment. And as you're under the night sky, you're gonna stop for just a moment and look up in the sky. And all of the stars are scattered and sprinkled all over the dark sky. The moon's light is starting to return with a half, about a half moon in the sky. And in the stars is a beautiful, amazing constellation is beginning to show itself and pull itself forward out of the night sky, pulling itself towards you. And as you stare at it, you realize that it is the constellation of Libra. And the scales of Libra representing the balance. Libra, in between summer, beginning fall, helping us begin autumn, the colors of the leaves shining through, as we begin the next season, beginning of spring in the lower hemisphere. And as Libras, the scales are balanced in front of you. They are here to remind you of the balance of things. How everything requires balance. relationships and how people come together. Balance is what we need. And just above those scales are two hands holding and shaking hands with each other in an agreement in relationship because Libra represents relationships. It represents relationships, the balance of relationships, and the balance of the relationship with ourself and others, and reminds us 
that it is a delicate balance. Libra's Libra helps us remember that justice will be served, that things will come around, that nature is nature, and nature will always make sure that justice is served. that nature will make sure that the scales balance as we head into autumn as things begin to take a turn in our season as the lower hemisphere enters into spring reminding us that the earth is balanced the sky a gentle reminder that life is balance and that when we balance things life goes better constellations and seems to disappear upon, among the stars. We are returned to our bodies and to the here and now. With our feet on the floor, our backs up against the chair and our bottoms on the your body and feel all of your body parts in here and now. I invite you to open your eyes and become present to Rainbow Soul. Everybody loves hand pan music, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
And if you don't, you're going to have to get poofed and banished out the kingdom, okay? Clearly, because something's wrong there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. I've never Thanks, met y'all. I never met anybody that didn't like your music. I'm just saying. Oh, well, yeah, I have. I have, actually. People with dementia... They sometimes don't know what to do with it. I think they're just overwhelmed by the whole energy of the room. And then occasionally they'll be like, ah, but they're just, they just have dementia. Yeah. I don't think they recognize. Yeah, they just, they just have dementia. So, but it happens like one in about a hundred people probably. Maybe. Yeah, sometimes yeah. I'm just too shiny for the room. <laughs> it's too bright. And, yeah. uh. Yeah, I had a yeah. teacher once help me understand, you know, if you're a bright light and you you come across somebody who's struggling and very much in their darkness, imagine what it feels like when you open the movie theater door, you've come out of a matinee, it's bright sunshine, and you're like, whoa, oh, and yeah. it hurts. He's like, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. I was like, oh, it doesn't hurt anyone. It does happen okay. occasionally. <laughs> I don't want to hurt anyone, but yeah, every once in a while you realize if you're a really light person, sometimes you can be too bright, um, too bright for some folks, especially if they've been in darkness for a really, really long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it definitely happens sometimes. So, but anyway, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's have a bright, shiny week, shall we? Yeah, because that's what it's looking like. Yeah, it's got uh, a nice energy to it. Man, there's some beautiful yeah. trines. And of course, we have, this is the week of the 18th to the 24th. So, of course, we're going to be talking about equinox and the sun moving into Libra uh, in the latter part of the week. So, we'll start with the 18th, though. Yep. And, okay, there we go. Finally got it to oh. Okay. Um, it's sometimes I have to funk. Is sometimes Zoom is a little funky. Um, so okay. So this is uh, September. This week is for September 18th through the 24th. Um, which, to be frank with you, when I first looked at this, I was like, uh, we're still bringing in the tr grand trine from last week. Yep. So I'm just going to say we're going to start off the week with this beautiful, you can see the beautiful blue triangle. I, th I feel like it stands out. Um, it's pretty strong in the beginning of the week because it's coming from the week before. And so there's still some blessings in the sky that are trying to help you manifest your life and get on track, especially since Uranus has gone retrograde. Jupiter has also gone retrograde, so just make sure that you are staying focused on what you want to manifest. And so people sometimes will worry that Jupiter retrograde means bad luck, since it means good luck normally. And that's not really true. Retrogrades are almost never like that. Um, most of the time it means that there's some sort of review or, or introspection that you might have to do. But it also means that you'll need to stay positive. So try to stay positive. Um, and, you know, especially with Jupiter in the sky. Okay. So with Jupiter in the sky like that, just stay positive. Um, that's what it's all about. Know deep inside what the positive outlook will be. Okay. And if you stay positive, then Jupiter will work for you in the way that you need it to do. And that will go on 
um, for a couple of weeks, okay? And so as Jupiter is retrograde and Uranus are retrograde, they're kind of both in Taurus. Um, so you might want to pay attention to where Taurus is in your chart. But either way, the Grand Trine is still going on. It's involving Saturn down in Pisces and Vesta up in Cancer and the Ceres, the Moon, and the South Node um, mostly over in the Libra Scorpio, Scorpio area. Yeah, the South Node's in Libra, but um, but Ceres and the Moon are in Scorpio, but they're they're still part of the Grand Trine. So it's a Grand Trine in water mostly, um, and with water, it's very emotional. So that's also a, the like the second sign that we need to manage our emotions, regulate our emotions, and try to stay positive. Like that's that'll be the key. And with a mystic rectangle in the sky, whatever's happening is probably supposed to be happening. And this will be a mystical experience for you for sure. Um, probably bringing some realizations to you, especially some manifestations and some, you know, things may not be perfect or be great, but um, but it could be like just kind of changing the way things are for you, transforming, because we got Venus and uh, Leo involved in there and Mars and Libra. So so it's it's kind of um uh it's kind of just kind of changing things around, okay? And Saturn in conjunct uh palace Athena, um that uh, is a little bit of a challenge on this day, um, and I, it only lasts a couple of days, so it's in the beginning of the week. So um, mostly you'll have a blessed week, beginning of your week, but there could be a little bit of um, a struggle with the system. Uh, Palace Athena is about your strategy and what you wanted to do or what you were hoping to do. Uh, that would be about your strategy and the struggle with the system. So if the system kind of annoys the crap out of you, don't be surprised, okay? So on that day, like, just, it'll be something stupid, probably. It won't be a major thing. It'll just be something like, okay, I have to wait one more day. Okay, so Saturn in conjunct palace, that it's masterful if you don't get too attached to anything, okay? Just try not to get too attached and allow things to change, all right? And now Vesta will also be squaring Athena, um, so that's your strategy. So you might have a little bit of some spiritual questioning of yourself and which way you're going and how you're going. But that will that will come to terms. That will come in. Um, it, it's not that hard. It's not that big of a... These are just small challenges. Um, Neptune is opposing the sun, which is our vision or how we see things um, in opposition to where we're going. So, and Neptune is retrograde. So it's probably just questioning, like, the way you think. And remember, your mind has a lot of power over how things turn out. So that's also a little bit. The Neptune is about dreaming, envisioning, and it's an opposition. So that means that you're either dreaming, envisioning of things, or you're headed towards, you know, you're doing some practical things. And so you might just, you know, maybe wasting time, um, or, um, kind of being kind of dreamy, lost in the dream world and things like that. So if you find yourself wasting time, just forgive yourself right away. Put whatever it is that you're doing down, like scrolling on your phone, for instance. Um, and then just, 
just go back to what you're supposed to be doing. Like, don't make a big deal about it. Don't give yourself a big hard time about it. Always good advice. Yeah. Well, the moon is a waxing crescent moon, and it's a in Scorpio. And a Scorpio moon is imaginative and uh, idealistic and ambitious. A Scorpio moon can be very determined. The shadow side of a Scorpio moon can be secretive, obstinate, <laughs> um, potentially jealous or resentful. But really, ambitious and idealistic Scorpio moon. And of course, Scorpio, the ruling planet of Scorpio is Pluto. And Pluto is retrograde in Capricorn. So the moon is answering to Pluto. And um, it's well aspected. There's not a lot going on besides the Grand Trine, and it's also in a sextile to Mercury. And that's it. Pretty sweet. It's a pretty sweet week. Yeah. I mean, in the beginning of the week, doesn't seem terribly hard. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of challenges, just a little bit. Maybe wasting some time off in Dream World or something like that. But if that's the worst thing happening, we're doing really good. Okay, friends? So don't worry about it too much. Um, and, you know, um, the next day, I actually noticed that the part of fortune is trining Mercury, which is now direct at this point. Um, so that means mostly Mercury has dealt with you, has already created the trouble it was going to create. Um, and at this point, you you might be having to fix some things or, or finally, you, you know, you're finished your third copy of such and such or whatever it is, okay? And so now you've finished that. So this also could be about what you say. Maybe you finally got to say what you really meant uh, or real, what you really needed to say. Either way, it's a part of fortune in the second house uh, in, in Capricorn. Sorry, it doesn't need to be in the second house, but, um, but you can see it down there in the second house. It depends on where Capricorn is in your chart. But um, it probably will have to do with, with uh, because they're both Earth, it will have something to do with manifestation, money, um, or work, okay? So maybe you finally get to speak your truth at work. You finally um, ask for the raise. Anything like that that's going on for you, this is a good day to do it, okay? This is on Tuesday. Um, so if you are trying to look for a fortune or ask for the extra days off or extra vacation days or whatever it is, do it on Tuesday, okay? Um, and with Jupiter retrograde in conjunct Mars, um, that's just a little bit of like, uh, your actions, okay? So just like, if you're going to just take, do an action, especially if you're just doing it and you're not thinking about it and you just do it, it could, it could actually, um, you know, just be careful, uh, with yourself, um, with your body and um, because Mars is in Libra and Mars isn't particularly happy about being in Libra. Um, it's it's actually like kind of like, uh, really? Libra's got all this balance and I'm more about go, go, go. And um, see, Libra is actually ruled by Venus, okay? And Mars is the opposite of Venus in a lot of ways, okay? And so uh, Mars is very much like, you know, not about relationships. It's about like, ident it's more about like you, you, you. And it can also be represent toxic people, toxic men in particular. Um, and so just be careful about, uh, 
I would just be careful about what actions I take, not necessarily what you're saying. So if you're asking for a raise or something, that's different. That's more of a mercurial, especially if it's practical and it has something to do with money and business. Mars is more about like some sort of action. Okay. Um, and now Venus is sextiling Mars. So that's good. So Venus will probably help you realize it before you do it. Okay. So that's the good thing about Venus. She'll be like, hey, if you do that, you're probably going to piss her off. You might not want to do that. Okay. And so so hopefully you listen to that little voice there. Okay. Because that's what Venus is going to do. She's going to help you balance out. Take. She might say, um, hey, 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 you might want to slow down before you hurt yourself. Right. And then you want to listen to that. Okay. So um, so that's that's pretty much what's going on there with Venus sextiling Mars. Well, and you also have Venus conjunct uh, Juno, mm -hmm. which is in a T-square with the moon opposite Jupiter. So the moon in Scorpio is opposite Taurus, Jupiter, and uh, that's creating a, a T-square in Leo. So we've often talked about, you know, oppositions. It's, it's not a blending. It's an opposite, <laughs> one or the other. So when they're in a T-square... In, with Leo, Leo is going to be the arbiter. It's going to be the how, what, what's the higher thinking way through this. And Juno and Venus is all about what are we, what relationships are we loyal to? Um, so, uh, yeah, that's kind of a little, little touch point right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and with the moon in Scorpio, transformational and change. So if you embrace change, it will be easier for you to manage the T-square. Mm, so good, um, good, good reminder. <laughs> yeah, so hmm. um, just embrace change. Be ready to change on that day, Tuesday, Wednesday. Good. Um, but if you notice, as soon as I get to Wednesday, mm -hmm. more blue lines jump out at you, right? Okay? For sure. The, the dark blue lines. The darker ones are, are more like in our face are more um, just pronounced just like they are in this chart. Okay. And so like Venus and Juno are um, trining Chiron on this day. And that's, that's a real gift, right? That's about relationships um, and commitments of whatever you might have some commitments to. Maybe you're very loyal to something with Venus and Juno conjunct exact on this day. They're also sextiling, um, they are sextiling Mars, so that's about action, right? So there might be some action that can finally be taken about relationships. They're trining Chiron in your North Node, so this is the direction you're supposed to be going. This is a really, actually a really good day, especially to listen to yourself. There are two grand trines in the sky, one in water, which is about emotions, and the other one in Earth, which is about physical manifestations involving Lilith, um, uh, Uranus and uh, Pluto in the part of fortune, which the Pluto in the part of fortune are conjunct and they're trining, um, they're trining Uranus. So that's about getting you on the path. So, so by whatever happened the day before on Tuesday, by Wednesday, it's going to be sorted out and you'll be able to move forward and take the steps that you need to make. So anything that even happens on Tuesday, I wouldn't worry too much about it because Wednesday it will kind of be resolved. 
especially with Pluto trining the sun. The Pluto comes into a trine with the sun pretty much exact, 27 degrees. They're both at 27, um, and they're both in Earth. So that's very grounded. That's like, oh, we found it. Oops, that was just a trip up yesterday. No big deal. Okay? And so by the time you get to Wednesday, that's that's pretty much going to be doing. And the moon is doing what? The moon has just entered Sagittarius. And when the moon is in Sagittarius, it sparkles. <laughs> Think of the water, the moon on the water sparkling. Sagittarius is adventurous. It's optimistic. It's exuberant. It's open-minded, sincere. Um, the challenge side of Moon and Sag is restless, extravagant, irresponsible, careless, or uncommitted, uh, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> but really, the Moon sparkles in Sag. And um, of course, when the Moon is in Sagittarius, Sagittarius's ruler is Jupiter. And Jupiter is retrograde. It's almost no, it's not opposite. It's, um, and the moon, it, sorry, and this Jupiter's retrograde in Taurus. So the aspects are sextiled Pallas Athena. So that's very nice. That's a, Pallas Athena is about strategy. So this is sort of a blessing on your strategies. It's in a, a, a square to Saturn. Um, so that can be a bit of a challenge or a decision that needs to be made. Um, Saturn in Pisces retrograde is challenging to pin down because it's, um, it's like trying to hold water. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really apt way to put it. Well, because, because Saturn's about restrictions and Pisces is very watery. So, you know, a restriction is a container. It's a hold, right? And so then if you're trying to hold water, it's like, oh, it just all dripped everywhere, right? Okay, it didn't happen, right? Oops. And so that's pretty much what's going to happen. And the moon rules water. And so then when you think about it that way, the mm. moon is squaring. So it's going to be a little bit like holding water. And it's a, it's a, um, it's, it is there. You can see the aspect. Uh, it's also in conjunct Vesta on that day. Mm. So it makes me think about because it's the moon and it's Saturn and Pisces, and Pisces is very um, spiritual. It makes me think that this could be like a spiritual thing on this day. Mm. Something might kind of slip through your fingers a little bit. Something, mm. something might be a little bit like, yeah, okay. On Wednesday, you might be unsure about something, and it'd probably be spiritual in nature or what you're dedicated to, okay? Even if you're dedicated to Stoicism, okay? There could be something that you run into about Stoicism that you're like, you know, I'm not sure that quite works. I need to think about that some more. Okay. So it could be something as simple as that. Okay. Um, the next day. Which what is a blessing, Thursday. man. This day is try and 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 Look at how dark blue those lines are. Can I start? Yeah, go for it. Because the moon is in a grand trine in fire with Juno in Leo. Chiron and Aries, and of course the moon is in Sagittarius. So that's grand trine number one. And um, then you throw in Mars and you have a kite. Mm -hmm. And then if you look at the moon is quincunxing Mars and Jupiter, and that makes another yod. So faded energy, directed energy, 
stay in the flow, whatever is happening on this day, boy, be, give thanks, be grateful and um, do not resist. Right. Yeah, it would be silly to resist. Whatever's happening is resist. probably going to be super easy. This yeah. would be another really great day. Really, really great, great day. Blessed, blessed day. Especially with Pluto trining the Lilith, trining Lilith and the Sun, because the Sun is about where you're going, where you're headed. You know, the Sun leads us, leads the way in a way. Um, it sort of, it sort of makes the the path for us in a way. And the and Lilith is about independence. So Pluto is pretty much going to go. Okay, this is a good day. Keep going. Go ahead. You got this. And um and and that's going to be a really good day. Okay. And with Venus and Juno conjunct, um, in part of this uh trine and they're trining um Neptune. They're trining. Sorry, Chiron. Um and there's a grant. There's a couple of grand trines in the air. Um, one in fire, one in water, there's one in, uh, there's two, no, one in fire, one in water, and then I think, I thought there was one in earth too. And so there's, you know, there's all these grand trines, and so that's just like, it's like, it's like blessing everything. There's two kites in the sky, at least two kites. So this is like super, this is super great. This is super, <laughs> like, woohoo, we're going, we're doing this. And so... If something like that is going on in your life, woohoo, it's happening. It's it's working. Look for the synchronicities. Yeah. Even though Jupiter is retrograde, it's not going to matter that much, except that if you uh, were being very negative, you probably will all of a sudden realize you were wrong. Um, and so, like, if you weren't thinking of the positive outcome you might realize that you were wrong. That would be the biggest, that would, and you might have to come to terms with that. You might have to say, you were right. It turned out great. <laughs> okay. And if that's all, if that's the word, <laughs> just, just admit it. Okay. Just admit that, that it, the positive was it. Cause uh, I don't think Jupiter, just because Jupiter is retrograde that, that your luck is bad. I think it's just asking you to believe. Um, that the that the good things aren't going to just come to you, and they might. Some good things might just come to you. Well, with that yod pointing at Jupiter. Yeah, because it's all these because, trines and but stuff. It, but it's the Moon and Mars that's pointing at Jupiter, so it's action and it's going to happen whether you planned it, thought it up, whatever. I I see this as like yeah, you know. Yeah, it's a really beautiful blessing, frankly. Yeah. So I mean. The only day that you might have a mild challenge is Tuesday. So, and, really? and by yeah, this day, yeah. by this day, most things are going to be super easy. Yeah. Okay. Should be. A and things really are just going to come week. together and you're yeah. going to be very in the flow and headed in the direction you need to go. And if you're not, check in on your belief system. Yeah. Check in on your belief system. Okay. Right. And check in on uh, victimhood because Saturn's in Pisces. Okay. Um, sometimes we can get caught up in that, okay, especially with Saturn and Pisces. Now, on this day, which is Friday, the part of fortune is opposing Venus and Juno. So this makes me think about, it's a Friday. It makes me think, like, some people are going to have to, like, do something around work or something like that that they're not really going to want to do that could be a little bit different than the usual and that could maybe make you late for your date or something like that with your commitments 
or someone you love because it's Venus and Leo and with the part of fortune. So you might have to choose or try to find a balance between work and relationship and commitments. Okay. Mm. Um, or, or something else or something that you want to do versus relationships. So like maybe you want to do this, but your partner wants to do this type of thing. Okay. So that's like the biggest challenge on that day. Um, that's actually one of the biggest challenges that I've seen all week, really. Um, especially because you'll feel very loyal to that commitment and the part of fortune will be very much in Aquarius, which will just feel very attractive. Uh, Aquarius tends to be very attracted to what they need and want. It's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing sometimes. Um, and in this instance, you might just need to decide which one needs to happen this time. And that might really be a very personal thing. But the grand trines are still in the sky, watery. Um, and there's still earth, there's still earth grand trine. Um, and Pluto is still trining the sun. So um, the other thing is that Venus is um, trining Chiron. So if you find yourself choosing the commitment or something like that, and you're wondering if you're being codependent, I wouldn't assume that. Um, I, it might be about, you know, some of us have wounds about keeping commitments, um, about holding commitments. And that might be a little bit about what's going on, especially since Chiron is also sextiling your part of fortune. So later on, it could pay off. You might just, just, just want to point that out, okay? Because that's a pretty strong, you can see the blue line coming from the top there up where Venus is at the top of the at the top of this chart and it's going down to Chiron which is that green key looking thing see that blue dark blue line and then there's another blue line see it it has like a little star like thing that's a sextile symbol going down to the part of fortune which looks like a circle with an x in it it's black and it's in Aquarius at the bottom there you can see how they're all kind of connected but they're but also the so there might be a little bit of a choice but I don't think you'll have that much of trouble trying to sort it out you just might need to think about it for a minute go sit under a tree for five minutes on your lunch break and figure it out okay um that that would be my suggestion especially at 11 o'clock that's what time this is uh this chart is at is when the day has really gotten start started 11 o'clock mountain time so that's uh, on the East Coast, that's like one o'clock in the afternoon. So that could very well be your lunch break. Mm. Okay. Well, the moon enters Capricorn. Uh, wait, are we on, we're on Friday, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. It so, looks like it's right on the edge. See how the moon's in Sag, it probably moves into Capricorn just later on in the day. A couple hours later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's why I was sitting here going, um, you and I looked at charts at slightly different times. I do so, it at 11, 11 a.m. Yeah, and <laughs> I was probably more like this afternoon. Yeah. So, um, like 3 o'clock or something, like four hours later. So, sometimes I look at chairs and I'm like, not seeing what I saw a minute ago. So, the moon in Capricorn definitely starts to cool things off because, of course, the moon is very emotional, right? And Capricorn is the opposite of that. It's the most unemotional of signs. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's the cool one. It's determined. Capricorn Moon is responsible and disciplined and patient and committed. And on the 
challenge side of a Capricorn moon, they can be rigid. They can be pessimistic, opinionated for sure, and materialistic. Very business first relationships are whatever down the list, you know? <laughs> so what you were just saying about um, the theme you brought up with Venus and Juno, opposite palace fortune, um, that reminded me of this because mm. Capricorn has that cool. Um, but maybe that would be helpful ride. in this instance, especially with Vino, well, well, with Venus, sorry. Well, definitely because of the trine to Lilith and sextile to Saturn in Ceres. Now, when you put Saturn, no. Uh, let's see. So I'm a little, I'm, I took my shot a few hours later. And so you have the beginning of a mystic rectangle with I, the yeah. moon, mm -hmm. Saturn, Lilith, and Vesta. Oh, you have a different mystic rectangle. A different mystic rectangle. And I was like, wow, it's not at all highlighted on this. You have to really look for it. Right. But it absolutely happens later in the day. I see <laughs> so it So it's now, there, though. yeah. And uh, mm -hmm. you also have a kite again. Um, you have the moon in a T-square with Pallas Athena opposite... Um, Vesta and square Neptune. So a little bit more, a little bit, you know, Thursday's just so primo, blessing, blessing, blessing. Friday starts to cool off a little bit. You still have that nice trying to Vesta sextiles to Saturn and Ceres, but you have square T squares and, um, and, and so, the, you know, things start to move a little bit. Yeah. Explain to us what the mystic rectangle means again. Well, I want to point out that there's another mystic rectangle too involving yeah, yeah. involving Venus at, and Juno. Yes. In one corner, you can kind yeah. of you can kind of make it out yeah. in this chart. Um it's you know, look at the top there where Venus and Juno are and then there's a blue line mm -hmm. that goes down to the green key, right? And then we followed it over to the part of fortune, that little sextile symbol to that little square with the x in it. And then from there, it goes up. It's a little bit to lighter Mars on that one. That's a trine, and it's a trine to Mars. It's about action because okay. Mars is at 17 degrees, and that's within orb, orb of the part of fortune, which is about action. Um, so, so it's action in Libra, but it's not a strong action because it's Libra. Mm -hmm. And so Libra and Mars are kind of like, yeah, Mars is like, is it fair? Okay. I guess we're going that. Okay, that's Mars and Libra. It's not really. Are you sure? Okay. Like, and it can kind of feel like that. But with Venus and Leo, it's like, be proud. This is the way. And I think about lions and pride. Okay. And so there could be some sort of, and with Libra involved, that tells me that relationships are involved, mm. especially because we also have Venus, the ruler of Libra, also involved in this mystic rectangle. Yeah. And then we have, um, and then we have the Aquarius nature of the part of fortune in Aquarius is very independent. So um, it makes me think about independence, especially with Aries, Chiron and Aries and the North Node in Aries. It could very well be about independence versus 
um, versus relationship and how to balance that. But it's a mystic rectangle. So that means that this is supposed to happen. You're supposed to find this challenging for a moment. You're supposed to sit down and think about this and make sure that you're balancing your relationship and your life. You know, like we all, like, like I said in the meditation, it's about, it's about balancing your life. You know, you can't do, if you do everything for other people all the time, you're going to crash. You At some point, you're going to crash on your face and then you're going to be mad at them for something they never did. And that's not their fault. If you really love people, if you truly love people, you will put yourself first. And when I say that, sometimes people are like, eh, and I'm like, no, it's true. And I'm not... And it's it's not just like what RuPaul says, where RuPaul I says, totally thinking that. <laughs> um, love yourself, and you, how are you going to love anybody else if you don't even love yourself, right? That's what she says, okay? And she's, she's kind of right. Um, if you don't take care of yourself, if a nurse came in and she didn't get a shower and she didn't eat properly and she hadn't done anything with her partner in days and she hasn't done anything for herself in a week, how would you feel about that nurse taking care of you? I'd be like, mm, I could do it myself. Goodbye. Right? You wouldn't want that nurse to take care of you. Because they're not taking care of themselves. They, because they're probably going to screw it up because they're, you know, because they're scattered because they haven't done really basic caretaking things. So I find it fascinating when mothers and parents and people in relationships are like, oh, I don't know how to take care of myself. I'm like, you don't know how to go to the doctors? You need to go to the doctors and take care of yourself. You need to eat. You need to exercise. Take your kids with you, okay? I don't know. Find a way to do it. Life is a balance. It's a balancing act. And that's what Libra is here to show us. And so um, I would I would also say that, you know, like that is happening. OK, so if it, with all this Libra energy, especially going into the next day, I would be paying attention to that. So Mystic Rectangle is a spiritual destiny. It's a very specifically a spiritual alignment. That's why they call it the Mystic Rectangle, because uh, you're supposed to have like a spiritual awakening or something. So if you're in your spiritual awakening and you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, I haven't gone to the doctors. I need to take care of myself. No wonder I'm having this. Okay. So, you know, just put yourself first. Okay. Just do it and do it for other people if you need to, but try loving yourself. It's actually the best gift you could give yourself could give your loved ones is to love yourself cool yeah and that's i'm pretty sure that's what this week's mystic rectangle is about even the one that you're talking about with the moon and yeah. whatnot it's just it's really about loving ourselves um it's really important it's really super important cool thanks for explaining that yeah you're welcome and okay this is um happy birthday lacrosse <laughs> happy birthday lacrosse. Thank you. happy birthday all libras but our favorite libra <laughs> <laughs> right 
Yeah, happy birthday to all the Libras. Um, if you were born on this day, I'm just going to say you are on the cusp. You are a Libra Virgo cusp, or the day before, you're still a Libra Virgo, Virgo cusp. Anyone that's born within a couple, like a day or two of when the moon, when the sun changes, we call that on the cusp. And there are great things online you can search, uh, like what's a Libra Virgo cusp. It's mostly just a mixture of the two signs. So um, when you're reading your horoscope, I'd recommend that you read both. Um, it, it could be it be really insightful for you because you're probably going to have traits from both sides. Okay. And that's between 28 degrees and 2 degrees. So if you have anything at 28, 29, 0, 1, even 2, that's the cusp. Mm -hmm. So you just want to look and see what the number is on your sun. Okay. Um, this, there's uh, at least two grand trines and three grand trines. I can see three grand trines. Mm -hmm. So uh, plus a kite or two, um, at least one kite. And another just, beautiful blessing. Beautiful blessing. You see that much blue, just go, wow. <laughs> and, and you don't have to know what any of it means. You see a bunch of blue in the chart like that, you go, ooh, oh. that's good. <laughs> now you sound like one of us. <laughs> right? And the part of fortune and Saturn are conjunct on this day. What does that mean? And it's at the tip of one of the um, grand trines in water. And um, so I think that that's actually a beautiful blessing, um, especially spiritually, especially spiritual downloads or psychic downloads or visions coming true or finally seeing how something can go together, um, something like that. That's, that's going to be Saturn and, and part of fortune conjunct or being able to actually put it together to actually do it and put it together, especially with Vesta involved, which is your spiritual dedication. Maybe you've been working on this for a while and then Ceres and Scorpio, which is pretty much about um, nurturing yourself. So the three of them coming together like that into a grand trine, which is the darkest triangle you can see here. Um, that's pretty much like a spiritual blessing that's a beautiful blessing that's saying if you put two and two together on this day or this week and, and you finally figure out how to do it, it's going to lead you to fortune because the part of fortune is conjunct Saturn. And I feel like even if you just figured out how to hone something in, like it was too broad and now, it was, now you've put some restrictions on it, it would actually be helpful. So if you find yourself putting restrictions on something, that's the part of fortune uh, with Saturn in um, in Pisces, especially if it's spiritually or vision aligned with visions or spiritual stuff. Now, Venus is also sextiling Mars still, but it's a stronger um, alignment on this day. They're only one degree apart from being a sextile. So that's pretty much about your action, uh, being about self-love, maybe, hopefully, um, even going, I have to exercise so I can be alive for my children, okay? Those kinds of things, okay? So doing the right thing for your body in order to, in order to help you manifest your future. Chiron is in opposition to Mars, but um, uh, I would just say that if you feel um, like, um, you don't want to take action because you never follow through or 
something like that, um, I would ignore that, but you might like have thoughts like that. Just ignore those thoughts and just keep going forward. Try to go in the flow on this day, especially with that grand trine of water. Well, and there's also a grand trine in Earth. So we still have the moon in Capricorn. It's a void moon now. Um, and it's a first quarter moon or half moon. Sometimes people call it first quarter moon, half moon. And in Capricorn, the ruler of Capricorn is Saturn. So Saturn is very strong on this day. And so the moon is answering to Saturn. And you have a grand trine in Earth with the um, Taurus and Jupiter, Mercury and Virgo, and the Capricorn moon. So a very grounded earthy grand trines. Manifestation. So manifestation is a wonderful thing. Um, <clears throat> the Mars opposite Chiron um, is a T-square to the moon. Um, so that's, you know, the moon will be the arbiter again, but that's, again, the moon answers to Saturn. So there's that, we're kind of back pointing at the same thing in the, in, in, um, you have the blessing of being able to take action and Saturn is um, is going to want you to take and, and work on your structure. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So especially if you're putting any restrictions up or anything like that, I think, um, you know, if you're saying, okay, I'm just going to restrict this and narrow it down to this, that's that's going to be a good move. That's going to help you refining. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably refining something. If you're doing that kind of thing. Good. Uh, just, just because, um, sometimes that's what it takes, you know, mm. to manifest something, especially if it's emotional. Okay. If it's something that you just need to hone down a little bit. Mm. Okay. You know, um, especially with moon and Capricorn should help cool any kind of emotional stuff that's going on. Right. Um, and on Sunday, the biggest thing that I've seen is that sun, the sun is um, in conjunct Saturn um, and that the north node and Chiron are, sorry, Chiron, is that Chiron? No. Yeah, Chiron is opposite Mars still and they're in exact opposition on this day. So if you find yourself kind of like stuck um, just take action, try to take the action towards the relationship, but you might find, you might find yourself stuck in like a freeze mode or something or not doing something or not following through with something. Just just try to follow through to the best of your ability. If you follow through, it will just go well. So it's, it's not like you're going to have to push through the whole thing. It's just a matter of getting yourself out of the park, really. And then, um, and then with Saturn in conjunct the sun, it's kind of the same thing, uh, restricting yourself too much, you know, that, that in conjunction, that'd be like questioning yourself, like going, I don't feel like doing my yoga today, or I don't feel like doing my exercise today, or I don't feel like doing that today. Mm. Uh, just push yourself to do it. And, uh, once you get going, you'll be fine. So if you know that, that can sometimes help you. I think that helps get out of the park. Like if you're dreading doing something and, and mostly you're procrastinating doing something because um, you're not 
giving yourself enough credit for what you do do. And uh, even if you do skip it on this day, I wouldn't worry about it. Just get right back to it. Like um, I, I found that the most helpful thing I ever learned about trying to create habits was that, you know, if you forgot to brush your teeth on Monday, would you just give up forever after that? Well, if you did that, your teeth would fall out. Trust me. Okay. And so, um, so don't do that. Just if you if you skip it on Monday, then just get back to it on Tuesday. Um, it's not it's usually more about a long term thing than it, than um, a short term thing. If you skip it one day, it's not the end of the world. Um, is just get right back to it, and that's like the best thing I've ever learned about. Don't give up just because you miss it for a day or two. Really, just just get right back to it. Right. Well, <clears throat> the, there's. Not that much going on with the moon. It, you can see it's quite conjunct Pluto. Um, and uh, it's in a sextile to Neptune, which is awfully nice. I looked at mine. Mine is a little later, as I said to yours. Um, it showed a finger of God, a yod to Lilith. But I'm looking at it and I'm going, oh, that's pretty weak. That's, that's, not, that's not a very tight orb. So mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's becomes tighter when it gets later in the day. So, but in any case, nice, easy aspects in the moon. It's a void moon, so it's not as strong. Um, and we're, you know, we're in that halfway stage of the moon uh, between the new moon and the full moon. So, um, yeah. So, you know, guys, what we're talking about when we're talking about orbs is um, if you take a look at any, we'll just use the moon for an example, okay? You can see that the moon is down at the bottom. Everybody knows how to find the moon on the chart, right? Kind of looks like a little crescent moon. And it's at 26. You see the 26 next to it? That's the degrees. See how it says 26 and it has a little tiny circle next to it? That's degrees. The other number is the minutes, okay? So we're just going to, for right now, for learning sake, we're going to focus on the degrees, okay? And so if, if, if a planet is at 26 degrees, you know that it will be aspecting anything else in the chart, pretty much, that is at 26 degrees. And that's an exact that's an exact aspect. So if you look around, the next one is Neptune, right? And that kind of looks like that little fork looking thing at the bottom. It's like kind of a teal blue color down there um, in the fourth house. And it's at 26 degrees. And because they're only, um, they're only uh, one sign apart from each other, they're sextiled, okay? And you can see that dark blue line going from the moon to Neptune, right? Now, an orb is, if you look at the next sign up, you can see the little green, um, the little green key, and next to it is the north node, okay? And that's that horseshoe-looking thing that's kind of like this, okay? And that's the north node, and it's at 25 degrees, right? But the moon is at 26 degrees, so are they aspecting? Yeah, because that's a one degree orb, okay? But that's a an aspect that people don't really, most astrologers um, don't talk about that much, okay? And then um, if you keep going, you can see that there's that blue, that blue symbol 
that's at 22 degrees. Well, that's kind of close to 26 Hollis, right? Well, that's, that's four degrees apart. And if you look in the background of, of the lines in the middle from the moon to that blue symbol on the right there, Uranus. that is a trine because they are three signs away. Three zodiac signs away. Each zodiac sign has 30 degrees. So if you count by 30, 30, 60, 90. So they are 90 degrees apart. But the orb is four degrees because they're 26 minus 22 is four. There is a four degree orb between that aspect. So that's why it's in the background of this chart. That's why it's a lighter blue color because mostly because moon, because it's a it has a four degree orb, and so it's not perfect. Okay. And so as you look around the chart, that's what you're looking for. Okay. Most astrologers don't do anything above 28 degrees, okay? I'm sorry, above eight degree orb, okay? And if you follow all the way around to the left-hand side there, over on the left, you'll see the little thing that looks like a horseshoe. And it's in Libra and it says 25, it's in red. When it's in red, it means it's retrograde, okay? The, the nodes are almost always in retrograde. And so the south node there is past life and it's squaring because it is one, two, three, yeah, three, four, four signs. And that is 120 degrees, right? Because if you're counting by 30s, it's four signs away. 30, 60, 90, 120, 120 degrees away from the moon, the the south node there on the left-hand side. Is it? No, it's, it's in Libra. 30, 60, 90. But it's in Libra, because so you have to count Libra. So Libra, Scorpio, Sag, Capricorn. Did you see what I did there? Yeah. Okay. So, so then the south node is squaring the moon okay and it's only one degree but it's only one degree off because the south node's at 25 and the moon's at 26 so that's a one degree orb one degree right okay so that's a pretty strong thing and you can see that that red line is a little bit darker so that's how the aspects are figured out and i'm just telling you this so that when you're looking at stuff you can go oh i see Okay, so Saturn's at one degrees, so everything that's at like 28, 29, 2, and 3 is probably within a certain orb of Saturn, and it's probably aspecting it, and that's how we find these aspects, okay? And certain aspects are more are considered more important than others. It really depends on what kind of astrology you're studying. Some uh, Rick Levine gets really into um, quincunxes mm -hmm. and something else. <clears throat> harmonics, um, he likes to talk Yeah, about he talks about the harmonics and, and you know, just to re really about what you're called to, okay? But he's also kind of like a physics geek and, um, you know, so, and if that's what you're into, please, that's what you're meant to bring, okay?
So, um, so I just thought I would get into the orb thing so that you understand what we're talking about. So the closer the orb, the stronger the aspect is, the more likely you're to notice. Okay. So lacrosse, how about the animals? What are, where are we at in the seasons with the animals? Now well, we're, we're leaving the bear and we're going into my favorite, the raven slash crow. Yay! Yes, finally. <laughs> well, we are so, headed towards Halloween, right? Yeah. 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 So, well, I'm, re I'm ready for them to come back. They, I feed them peanuts off in my third floor onto my second floor roof. And they just swarm in, so I'm just excited to see my friends. Do they? Um, do they? Do they leave in the summertime? Yes, they do migrate. Oh. They do migrate. Well, crows migrate, and, and a lot of people think crows and ravens are the same. They're just cousins. They're not the same. Um, crows are more social. Ravens are more reserved. So, and it's funny how you can be in your life, and one day you could be a crow. And you can transition. I guess it's kind of like when you have the maiden into the crone. It's kind of the same thing. You're younger, you're the crow, and then you can grow into the raven, which is what I had a beautiful experience with myself. I I still love the crow, and that's 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 my friend. But I've been reaching into the raven stage where it's more reserved. It's more careful, you know. They they run with wolves more often than they do with other with other animals. The ravens but, do. Yes, they do. Mm -hmm. Ravens run with wolves. Ravens will run out and they will find food for the wolf, and he will let the wolf. They will let the wolf know where the food is. The wolf comes and kills it and leaves for the raven. So as a gift for very showing dramatic. them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. So, I didn't know that. That's very cool. Yeah. And it's funny because we're talking about relationships and it being leader season and crows and ravens, they are about relationships, just very different types where crows are very sociable. They prefer to be around people hmm. where ravens do not. They don't really care to be around people, but crows, they love people. They love to watch us. They love to observe us. They love to learn from us. There's always that constant um, wanting to have a relationship with humans. And uh, until you don't ever do anything bad to a crow, don't know your face, don't know who you are, and they actually will tell for generations. So as long as you live, if you did something bad to a crow, you can guarantee, and if you lived in the same place, they all know what you did. Oh, <laughs> all work together, and they will teach their children to fear you, their children will teach their children, and it'll go through generations against that one person. Yeah, and they will attack. So, wow. Yeah, so it's pretty. It's pretty interesting. So the, it, it, I guess it's like with humans. Be careful with your relationships. Make sure you don't hurt people, cause no harm to people, because when you cause that harm, it will go on and on and on and on. So, yeah. But yeah, this is it's definitely the season. So like I said, I can't wait for my friends. <laughs> so it's raven season, right? Yes, so it's raven slash crow. It's it's okay. both. Depending on which tribe and where you're from, you okay. know, it, it depends. Some, you know, I guess more like towards the West would be more ravens or people who were more mountainous would be yeah, more Yeah, up ravens. here. 
Up here, it's more mountain. Uh, up in the mountains, I see more ravens. Yeah. I'm not, but every now and again, I'll see a murder of crows. Yes. Yes. And I'm trying to re- now. I'm trying to realize when, when, what type of t- when, when in the year is that actually happening? Right. Uh, Probably the for them to nest, for them uh-huh. to, to have babies because they won't do it in a busy park, and they make multiple nests. Mm-hmm. So crows, crows will not have just one nest. They'll have about three to four different nests. So that would psych predators out. They're so smart. Do crows and ravens like yell. Like I, I have blackbirds that yell at my dog, for instance. Raven. They're ravens, I think. They're big. They're, yeah, yeah, they they're big. yell. They yell at the dog. Yeah. Um, and I think it's hilarious. I'm just oh. like, that's right. You tell them. <laughs> and um, and and uh, you know, but they they definitely, but they sometimes um, they yell at us. Like we'll just be walking or something like that, and. They'll, I don't know if they're telling each other that we're coming or whatever. Could they could be warning because the dog is usually with us, right? I mean, it could be that, or I always say just listen to the message they're talking because they have a language, they have their own language. We just sure. happen to not understand it, but they might be telling you something. They could be telling you, Hey, be careful up there. They might be, you know, you might trip over some big branch or you know, just talking. You know, yeah, they might. They could also be warning us of like moose, moose. um, and the moose, bears. The and moose are like definitely that. about. Yeah, the moose are yeah. definitely about, and they seem to like. Sometimes they're way ahead of us yelling, yeah. and so I'm like, I don't know, what are they talking amongst each other? Or are they yelling at us? And you know, I don't, I don't know. Like we're headed that way where right. they're going, and they're you know yelling or whatever that noises they make because they're not because they're not like nor like i mean we have a lot of birds here um but those are i would say ravens are here most of the year they seem to be here from about spring through fall yeah in the winter time yeah you see them in the winter a little bit a little bit but they'll but when it gets really down and cold december and january which is our coldest month they'll kind of disappear during that time. They probably go a little bit down the mountain to warm up a little bit, I would imagine. Yeah. But I don't think they disappear. Do no, they, they just migrate. Like the, the crows here, they'll just migrate. For all you, sometimes they just migrate maybe a couple miles. Right, and around here, that's and, yeah. smart to do. Because yeah. if you just go down, go down a thousand, you know, just a couple of miles that way, the way the crow yeah. flies, you know, <laughs> it'd be... 10 degrees warmer it'd be 20 yeah. degrees warmer and th- i think that's why they hang up here in the summer because it's cooler it's, cooler. it's not 100 degrees it's 100 <laughs> degrees down below it's only 80 up here yeah you know so then i think they hang out up here they're actually quite smart oh, yeah. um, but they they still haven't taken our blue jay i i thought they might try to like take over the blue jay's nest or something but they haven't yeah. so they must be cooperating i guess they could be cooperating and, and they're um they're well, it depends on where it's located. If it's too close, they're not gonna take it. It's too close to Yeah, near. they yeah. might be afraid. It's probably too close. Yeah. They it's might too be close. a little afraid that Charlie Charlie never chases like our dog. He never chases the birds. Right. But um but I think some other dogs might. Yeah. Man, it's just they're they're smart. But they know they can actually tell the difference between your dog and other dogs. They yeah. can tell the difference. They they'd be able to know that's your dog and that's I don't know whose dog that is, but it isn't yours, you know. So they're they're smart enough to know. 
you know, like I said, they have face recognition. They actually have, they said they have the mind of, uh, I think it's a three or four year old child and also the mind of a chimpanzee. And people don't believe that. You would think because it's a bird that they wouldn't be that smart, but they they have the mind, the mentality, troubleshooting, all that. Sometimes yeah. I wondered if um, if they were also trying to help Charlie catch the squirrels and the chipmunks. It could so be. Most of the time, that's what our dog is chasing, squirrels yeah. and chipmunks. Yeah, because he's probably thinking, if you kill it, leave me a little piece. That <laughs> could very well be, because <laughs> uh, he has done that before, um, and I just let it be, and I'll let whatever wild animals around here take it. Um, because the chipmunks and the squirrels destroy all of yeah. our flowers in our garden, and they're kind of overrun here. There are more, I would say that there's more like chipmunks and squirrels than anything else. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just wondering, since you said that about wolves, I'm wondering if the ravens, I wonder if that's why they sit mm. in the circle and yell at Charlie, mm. and Charlie seems to hear we don't know what and takes off for the wall. Yeah. Um, Riley's a pretty smart dog, but um, he's not. He's learning how to hunt. He's yeah. just not that great. Yeah, so <laughs> wouldn't uh, call him smart. Yeah, <laughs> Vetty, my my poor Vetty, she'll just run down. She'll run and she'll chase the squirrel. And what did she do yesterday? She caught a mouse, and she was just like, she really. And I'm like, oh my it. god! And so then finally, I got her to spit it out. And when I went to sweep it up, it was like in pieces. And I'm like, oh, my God, Betty. I threw out the whole broom and everything. And I'm like, no. And then she's just like, did I do good? Did I do good? Was it really good? How'd you like that, Dad? And I'm like, oh, God. Uh, well, <laughs> it's nature. It's nature for you. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of one of those people that is like, okay, good job. Yeah. I'd rather you did, rather you did what you're supposed to do. Material. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Well, you got a reading for us, Hollis? Yep. So, yeah. there's a piece of tape on my, one of my cards. This is weird. Okay. So, <laughs> um, and so I'm going to pull three cards here from the Pride deck, and I hope that you just uh, take take whatever makes sense for you, whatever resonates for you, going forward. And um, this is fun. This is like the second time I got this card in like the, like the last three days. Um, anyway, so the first card is the Ace of Wands. And this is very, mu uh, very much about setting your intention. And even though this lizard you can see is kind of like in the desert, right? Kind of looks like the Grand Canyon or something, right? And um, this lizard, but it's intentional. It is a very intentional card and that's exactly what this is about this is about setting your intentions your magical intentions and knowing even if you're going to go through this hard thing that you have all of you all that you need and that you've set your um set you know set the pace because walking through the desert isn't exactly it's not easy i assure you um and so um that's exactly what this is about that like you're setting your intentions you know where you're going and you know what how you're doing it now this next card here will be about choices that you have to make and what you put first and what that what you value the most. 
this is very much about values. This is very much about sort of analyzing or integrating and considering what is most important to you. And that's exactly what this is. Like all the blessings, well, I get blessings from all those things. Yeah, well, we know, but which one is really important to you? And that's what this, this card is really about. It's about choosing what's good to us. It's a seven of cups and um, seeing our lives as blessed and allowing it, allowing all of these beautiful things to bless our life and deciding what we value, okay? So this card is more about, you know, setting your intention and this card is more about making the choices, okay? And so we're gonna make choices that um, make sense for us. And now this final card, um, which is our future, <laughs> is pretty much all those grand trines, okay? Because this is like, you did it this is the sun it's such a fun card it's so Beautiful. full of rainbows and you can see that it's celebratory with people with balloons floating around and the waves of rainbow at the bottom and the manifestation butterfly at the top with the crown and this is the sun right and i mean come on they're puking rainbows okay <laughs> and <so> <laughs> <laughs> it's totally pride, right? Okay, I'm just saying it's pride. And so this is so happy. This is great. This is things manifesting just the way you thought it, especially considering that this was the first card, right? This is your manifestation card. This is you setting the path and saying, this is the way we're going to go. And this is what we're doing. And I'm making all the choices that are best for me. I'm seeing my blessings. I'm counting my blessings and I'm going forward and I'm doing what's good for me. And then you're going to get there. That's what this is about. This is a reminder that good things are manifesting in front of you. Don't forget to be grateful for them. This is all about showing gratitude for what's good. And it's showing gratitude for all the things that you've been through. Remember, hard times often, dark often leads to the light. So if you are going through dark times and then now you're headed towards the light, I'm sure you're heading towards the light right now. Um, just be grateful that those dark times pushed you towards the light. Because if the lights weren't out, you wouldn't notice that the lights were on. So. <laughs> yeah, that was a good reading. Thanks. Beautiful. I yeah. Isn't it amazing how the tarot just mirrors so beautifully the reading? Yeah. And the animals too. It's I love that. Of course, the Sagini loves all the maps. <laughs> <laughs> all the different things. All the different things. All the right. different ways we can gather information and have our best ride. Right. And a lot of times people talk about going into autumn as being, you know, we're starting to uh, turn towards the dark, you know, because the days are getting darker and darker. And that's okay. That's what we need to do. Sometimes we need to go into the darkness to go into the light. So if you find yourself um, being like, oh, summer's over, that's okay. Just recognize that all parts of the seasons, all parts of our cycles are meant to get us uh bring us balance right that's, that's right that's libra that's libra <laughs> happy birthday happy birthday libras yep happy birthday happy birthday to me too so, <laughs> this is my birthday month i always start it's my birthday month and it's my birthday week and then it's post birthday it's the whole month awesome. celebrate 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 awesome all right my friends well thanks for sharing and 
Have a great week. Liking and commenting. We appreciate you. Shout out to Tamala Tracy. Thank you very much for your support and your love and for sharing. And we appreciate you. So thank you so much. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to this week's Soul Astrology and subscribing, liking, sharing, and reviewing. We hope you enjoy this dose of Soul Astrology and encourage you to embrace the week ahead with an open mind and heart so that you may integrate the deepest of lessons from the stars. Take a moment to step outside and honor the planet, stars, and moon in the sky with your heart. Integrate the messages that resonate and leave the rest for someone else. We deeply appreciate each and every one of you. Always remember that you are a perfectly unique human with an exclusive star map of your destiny, your soul purpose, and your heart's desire. Thank you again for tuning in to Rainbow Soul.